1: Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah.
0: Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkahs And Ramadan and Kwanzaa and all the things. All of the things. We got a quickie
1: for you today because we know that you have a busy schedule. You got to open gifts. You got to like hang out with your family. You got to eat food. You got to do. Well, I don't know what you have to do, but you got to do it all. So we're going to go through 12 murders of Christmas. Yes. On the first day of Christmas, my true love
0: okay so we have 12 murders of christmas for you guys for
1: your first murder we have the who lover murders 2002 in middleton pennsylvania so on christmas eve in 2002 ernest r who lover jr broke into his former home with the help from his brother after being prohibited entry from the courts after being charged with sexual offenses involving molestation of his own daughters, Victoria, who was 20 years old, and Elizabeth, who was 15 years old. He had been evicted after his wife, Jean, obtained an order under the Protection from Abuse Act. And although this was prevented him from purchasing, possessing, and carrying firearms, this didn't stop him from using one to slay his own family.
0: Goodness.
1: His brother waited about a block away and acted as a lookout as Ernest approached the house and cut the telephone wires and forcibly entered the home. He shot his wife Jean, two daughters, Victoria and Elizabeth. He left Victoria's infant daughter unharmed. Days later, whoever was arrested and charged with 3 counts of first-degree murder. His brother who aided him, Scott Whoever Also, uh, acted as a Commonwealth witness aiding the prosecution. Ernest Hulover, who sat on death row since 2004 while his brother was sentenced to serve 15 to 25 years.
0: I feel like that's still not enough. You read that so good. Were you in UIL?
1: Maybe. Reading?
0: Reading? (laughs) Definitely not. Oral reading, UIL. All right, I got a Texas Christmas massacre for you. 2011, and this is great buying, y'all. Another Santa Claus tainted Christmas for another family in 2011 in Texas. Mm-mm. <laughs> I see... I see Yaz Pandaha. In the same manner of Bruce Pardo, we just talked about him, knocked on his estranged wife's door on Christmas, dressed in a Santa Claus suit, And as the family was in the middle of opening presents, he opened fire on his family. He killed his wife, Fatima, their 14-year-old son, Ali, and their 19-year-old daughter, Nona. Also victims to his rage were his wife's sister, Zariah. That's probably not right. Her husband, Muhammad, and their 22-year-old daughter, Sahara, Sahara, desert. I don't know. At some point before all the slayings finished taking place, someone had called nine one one from inside the apartment. Okay, so after spreading bloodshed and committing the murders, Yazda Pirana committed suicide. When the family was found dead by the police that Christmas morning, wrapping paper lay scattered throughout with opened and um, opened presents splattered in blood can you imagine that crime scene to add the chill to the tragedy the last text sarah would send would be to her boyfriend just as her uncle had shown up expressing annoyance at him doing so and his santa ensemble saying now he wants to be all fatherly and went father of the year because he <laughs> fucked up before oh. <laughs> she was about that life she was mad at her daddy
1: crime number three we have body hidden beneath christmas presents 2011 in jacksonville florida i'm not surprised michelle o'dowd who's 67 never imagined that her giving and welcoming spirit would be what would lead to her death when she offered her friend Patty Michelle White, 41 years old, a place to stay after she found herself homeless. By early December 2011, somehow the friendship had gone awry and things had begun to sour between the two. O'Dowd's twin brother was always suspicious of White and grew concerned when she failed to show up for work or answer her phone so he went to her house to check on her and found her foot sticking out from beneath the Ugh. presents under the christmas tree her dead body laid there buried beneath the masses of christmas presents intended for her family and grandchildren her face was bloodied white had strangled her beat her to death and hid her body there she also stole her debit card and credit cards and was arrested in south carolina after being found when she used two ATMs. Mm. Family members said that White was part of the family and couldn't even comprehend what had transpired. They were sickened that she would bury the body beneath the gifts meant for the children under the Christmas tree. Odell took so much pride in. Mm -mm. Christmas was her favorite holiday and she had put so much effort and time into decorating for it.
0: That is shitty. (laughs) That's real (laughs) shitty. It's real bad. How about Valdez's Christmas present, in quotations. Mm-hmm. 2013, 13, Chicago, Illinois, we are coming to you. 18-year-old Alexis Valdez lived with his aunt and her boyfriend, Silvestri. Ooh, I might have heard a podcast on this. When the two males got into an argument in late December 2013 about him living there rent-free and not contributing to the household, after this, Valdez was pissed. He was told that he would have to move out if he continued this way. So on Christmas Eve, while his aunt was out after and after drinking all night, Valdez was angered and in unjustified, uncivilized rage smashed Diaz's head with a hammer. He reportedly shut the windows, Closed the blinds, played some music, probably like we have playing right now, <laughs> and jammed while he used a butcher knife to cut out, cut off <laughs> Sylvester's uh uh-uh, ears, nose, and mouth. How do you cut I off a mouth? I don't know. I don't know. He also cut off the his arms and used his bare hands to pull out his eyes. <laughs> Why didn't we do a podcast (laughs) on this? And then he decapitated him, leaving his head on his aunt's pillow as an early (laughs) Christmas present. That's so nice. After becoming tired of mutilating the body. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) He He got tired. He got tired. He called 911 to report a dead body. Upon arriving, police found him saturated in blood. He confessed to the murder and said he would have killed his aunt two had she been home he was sentenced to 33 years in prison this was an 18 year old and he was just mad because they told his ass to (laughs) don't be a deadbeat
1: yep
0: say man don't be. 33 years after that that's all you get Mm -mm. firing squad (laughs) he gets the firing squad
1: your turn continuing on what number are we on six five four well, the next Wait, one
0: Four. now, this is five. I think
1: Christmas murder. number.
0: You want us to count and read. That's a whole, <laughs> lot, oh, no, of that's a whole
1: lot of things. <laughs> Los Feliz Feliz Mansion Murders night. How do you say it? Feliz? Los Feliz Mansion Murders, 1959, Los Angeles, California. L.A. is no stranger to Grizzly murders, but in December of 1959, it became home to one of its biggest murder mysteries with the Perelson family murder-suicide at a Spanish revival home at Glendower Place in Los Feliz. Around 4.30 a.m. on December 26th, cardiologist Mm. Harold Perelson struck his sleeping wife Lillian with a ball-peen hammer and bludgeoned her to death before... She could even know what was happening and before she could even scream for her life, she died by ex exf- <laughs> exf- <laughs> exf- <laughs> exf- <laughs> That's how you say it. Oh she basically drowned in her own blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a hard word to say. The I case am- would be different for his teenage daughter, Jude. Who wailed and wailed screaming for her life as he made his way into her bedroom neighbors could hear as she yelled don't kill me reportedly they could also hear her father instructing her to lay still and keep quiet using the same hammer he did on his wife he struck his daughter but not with good enough aim she was able to escape after seeing her mother laying there dead in a pool of her own blood she ran to the neighbors to get help. Two younger siblings, Joel and Debbie, had by now woken up. The patriarch of the family told them to go back to sleep and said his last words to them. This is only a nightmare. Wow. He then took two doses of uh-huh, and 31 pills, believed to have been a tranquilizer or some form of codeine. By the time emergency responders arrived to the scene, he was dead. The estate was sold at a parole at a probate auction to husband and wife Julian and Emily Enriquez. Here is where it gets even creepier. Uh-oh. The Enriquez family apparently never moved in after their deaths. Their son Rudy inherited the house and is quoted by the Los Angeles Times saying. I don't know that I want to live there or even stay here. The house reportedly sat un- uninhabited and still in time for 50 years and was only used as a storage by Rudy Enriquez. Those who peeked and those who had been inside the house say that the house remained unchanged and appeared abandoned in time and in place in, as in place as it was before the murders. Mm. Rudy died in 2015 before the house went up on the market and was cleaned up. Pictures were taken taken of it as it was by the photographer. One word eerie. Eerie. The house looks lived in the house looks lived in things seem to be left as they were before the murders the mail still piled up together there is even cat litter Uh. from the long-gone family's pets though the origins are unknown gold ribbon for presents could also be found inside the house you
0: can find these pictures online today Mm-mm. with even video footage taken by the photographer now we have lawson family massacre 1929 germanton north carolina so today the last and one of the only portraits the lawson family took remains very infamous just a few days before christmas 43 year old charlie lawson A rural and working-class sharecropper took his family shopping for new outfits to get their portraits taken. Back then, this wasn't really normal um, for someone of his social standing and financial means. Some in that era may have even called it peculiar and odd, which would later go on to lead to what had been a premeditated act on his part. Fast forward to the afternoon on Christmas Day, and all but one of the Lawsons would be dead. Waiting by his barn for two of his daughters, Carrie, age 12, Maybelle, age 7, to head out to their aunt and uncles, Charlie saw them walk out and shoot them both with a 12-gauge shotgun and proceeded to bludgeon them almost unrecognizably he moved their bodies into the barn and then stalked towards his other family members shooting his wife Fanny 37 who was on the porch alerted by the shotgun his sons James four years old and Raymond two tried to seek refuge and escape him by hiding he shot his daughter Marie 17 and then both boys he then bludgeoned his youngest four-month-old infant's baby girl, Mary Lou, to death. Oh, my oh, God. Hell. He then walked into the woods and killed himself. Family annihilators even way back then. Mm-hmm. His oldest boy, 16-year-old Arthur, had been the sole survivor as he had been sent into town to run an errand on purpose. I wonder, had he wanted to spare his life? We will never know. The bodies of each family member were found with rocks beneath their heads and their arms crossed. To this day, motive and reason behind the murders remain a mystery. It has been speculated due to statements by relatives of the family about Fanny, voice and concern that Charlie carried an incestual <gasps> relationship with Marie. Whether this had something to do with this Family massacre? We would never know. We should It's mm, that a one. good story. Yeah.
1: Number seven. Good Samaritan killed for kindness. 2016. You have some big words in this. <laughs> Washington D.C. Ready? Trisha mccauley was an up-and-coming actress and yoga instructor. On Christmas Day, Trisha was on her way to Christmas dinner with her friends. But Trisha never made it to dinner. Friends and family tried reaching out to her the night, that night, but they never got any responses. So they filed a missing persons report. They spent that night and the next day looking for her. It wasn't long until the 26th of the next day that officers found her white scion parked outside of CVS and standing outside of it, outside of the vehicle was Adrian Dwayne Johnson and inside the car was Trisha's body. Mm -hmm. A man fitting Johnson's description was seen by a witness driving the vehicle around. Johnson has a criminal criminal history of multiple theft charges. He was caught on camera robbing convenience stores and he was ordered to wear an ankle monitor but never showed up to get it put on. Hmm. Johnson claimed that Trisha offered him a ride a total stranger and said the two of them had consensual sex and she ended her own life by oh, hanging herself in her car
0: that's so easy to do
1: <laughs> and oh yeah before that she told him go ahead take all my credit cards and cash Please i want you to have it all when back in real life her body was found in the back seat with no ligature marks around her neck and he even picked up a, a prostitute with her corpse in the back seat Uh (laughs) when police asked him why he didn't bring her to the hospital he said he didn't really think she was dead he thought she was asleep in the back of the car turns out she had been severely beaten her legs were tied up she had been sexually assaulted and her clothes were torn so crazy eyes johnson you should see this guy. He's got crazy eyes. Was arrested and charged with her murder. He was convicted and sentenced to a whopping 30 years.
0: Oh, he's, he, that's ridiculous. I know. Are we going to Dayton, Ohio? We show it. Sure this was the story on my list. What, but no, what number we at? Seven. I think we only have... No. This is probably like eight. I'm the evens. Oh. Okay. Eight, maybe. We're almost there. All right, eighth story. From December 24th to December 26th in 1992, six people were killed, two injured, in one of the worst killing sprees in Dayton, Ohio's history, the Dayton Daily News reported. The massacre became known as the Christmas Killings and began when Laura Taylor, Demarcus Smith heather matthews and marvelous keen shot for their first victim all the black people were like oh hell it's black people (laughs) joseph wilkerson to death on december 24th inside his home they continued their shooting spree for days their initial motive was robbery but when keen grew paranoid about snitches according to crime and investigation two of them were killed when the group became concerned they could in- implicate the four and the other deaths. The killers were arrested on December twenty sixth and Taylor, Smith, and Matthews are serving life sentences for murder. Keene was convicted in five of the killings and was executed by lethal injection in July of 2009. Oh, that was number seven. Now nope. we got number eight.
1: Okay. the John Benet Ramsey murder uh oh 1996 boulder colorado now if you don't know the story or this name i don't know what rock you've been laying under for the past how many years so i'm going to give you the facts here Let we it go know it was
0: in boulder
1: yeah well you know it's weird because I mean, we were like ten or twelve around this time.
0: So oh, were you?
1: Oh, well, I, I was probably was. ten. Nineteen
0: ninety-six. Oh no, I was in high school.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was ten. John Benet Ramsey. She was six years old. She lived in Boulder, Colorado. Her parents were John and Patsy, and her bro- uh, older brother named Burke. So the last time anyone saw Jean Benet alive was around ten p.m. on. Christmas day the family returned from a christmas party and the parents put John Bennett and Burke to bed around midnight on december 26 a neighbor said he saw lights turn on in the ramsey kitchen at around 2 a.m. the another neighbor reported hearing loud screams coming from the ramsey home and then around 5:30 a.m. patsy wakes up and sees a three-page handwritten note the note essentially said that Jean Benet had been kidnapped and the ransom they demanded was $118,000. The most suspicious thing about this was that that was the exact amount uh, of the Christmas bonus that the father, Jean, John, had recently
0: received. It's a big-ass bonus.
1: Big old bonus. I wish I would get that kind of bonus. Police were called about 20 minutes later around 5.52 a.m. Then at 10.30 a.m., the father, John, suddenly left to go check the mail, even though the mail was delivered through the slot in their door. And so in an unbelievable twist, John Benet is found in the basement of their home at 1 p.m. She had a skull fracture. She was strangled to death. She was bound by duct tape. And they suspected an intruder entered the home. And fr- they... From where she was found but the window to that room had an undisturbed cobweb covering it which would have been broken if somebody had climbed through it but the brother burke said he also had claimed that he slept through the whole thing also in john benet's stomach the contents showed pineapples and milk which were her brother burke's favorite meal handwriting is a, yeah, a little sus handwriting expert showed that the ransom note matched that of Patsy Ramsey. In 2006, Patsy Ramsey died of ovarian cancer. And in 2008, the parents were cleared of any involvement in the murder. And to this day, the murder remains open and unsolved. And side note, John Ramsey is now married to Natalie Natalie Holloway's Holloway's
0: mama. Mama. That's so so weird. Fun fact.
1: Fun fact.
0: We have to um, cover this story at some point. I know. I know it's everywhere, but I've never done a deep dive. I
1: haven't either. And so you think about it and you're like,
0: oh, what?
1: And then you really have no idea what even happened. No. Until you get into it. No. You can do this one. My
0: third question I'm going to ask Jesus when I go to heaven. What happened to John Ramsey? Oh, I can't wait to hear about your first (laughs) two. Number 10. The Klopp Axe Murder. This is 2014 in Paradise Paradise Township, Pennsylvania. Caroline. No playing. <laughs> <laughs> Your name's by it. Okay. A man killed his wife during an argument on Christmas Eve, then took their two children to celebrate Christmas with his parents before calling the police to confess. He didn't want to ruin their Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Dustin Lee Klopp, 36, punched Stephanie in the face, cut her throat, and repeatedly bashed her head with an axe and sexually assaulted her at their Paradise Township home about 10 p.m. Wednesday on Christmas Eve, according to Pennsylvania State Police in Lancaster. So Klopp then tried to clean up the blood and moved Kelfner's his wife's body to a shed at the property. He called state police the next day to tell them he killed Kelfner and wanted to turn himself in. A trooper arrived at their property and found Kelfner's body in a car carrier bag in the shed. Klopp was charged with homicide, abuse of a corpse, and tampering with or fabric fabricating evidence. Lancaster County District Attorney Craig Stedman said the children didn't see what happened. Klopp was arrested in September 2009 on drug charges. He pleaded guilty and served a minimum of a two to four prison term. He was released in 2011. Klopp's criminal history also includes two guilty pleas to DUI in 2007 Also, with a plea to resisting arrest in one case, a 1997 guilty plea to burglary, and simple assault to a 2001 guilty plea to burglary, and resisting arrest, he just kept it going. He just kept it going. Klopp never made it to trial because, in less than three months after he murder, after the murder, he hung himself in his jail cell. How ridiculous are you?
1: Way to go, Clop. 11. <laughs> this is actually going to count for 11 and 12 because it's so good. Okay. The Carnation Murders, 2007, Carnation, Washington. In a small town about 25 miles east of Seattle lived the Anderson family. We have a lot of names here, so keep up. Wayne and Judy Anderson had been married for about 30 years. Wayne worked as an engineer for Boeing, and Judy worked at a local post office. They had three kids together, Scott, Michelle, and Mary. Scott was married to Erica, and they had two kids, five-year-old Olivia, three-year-old Nathan. Michelle was dating a man named Joseph McEnroe. Now, the Anderson family lived on a 10-acre property on... Christmas Eve, 2007, Wayne and Judy had planned a family gathering to celebrate Christmas. Decorations were up, the kids were excited to open gifts, they were ready to see Santa. Well, the two people that were not present at the home that evening were Michelle and her boyfriend, Joseph. But soon, they would make their appearance. When both of them burst through the door, each holding handguns. Michelle fired a shot at her father, Wayne, while he was just relaxing, reading a newspaper. But she missed. Her gun jammed. And then Joseph approached Wayne and shot him dead. Mm. Joseph then turned the gun on Judy and shot her dead as well. They drug their bodies um, out to the shed and waited on Scott and Erica and the two kids because they had yet to arrive to the home. About an hour after killing the parents, the rest of the family arrived at the home. But Michelle and Joseph, they both started firing immediately when they entered the home. And they also fired at the children. Scott was shot four times until he died. Erica managed to call 911 and could be heard screaming on the phone, quote, not the kids, unquote. And then the phone went dead. They shot Erica twice, killing her, and then Michelle's gun ran out of bullets. And she tells Joseph to kill the two kids who were clinging on to their dead parents. So he shoots them both and kills them. Within hours, police arrive and Michelle confessed that her brother owed her $40,000 and hadn't paid her back. And she was tired of being stepped on by the family. Wow. They both received six life sentences.
0: she the middle child? Well, oh, you know,
1: we <laughs> middle children have syndromes.
0: Wow. That does count for two murders.
1: That counts for two murders because that is a doozy. Good
0: one. That was a doozy. All right, y'all. Those are the eleven slash 12 murders of christmas and we are so happy you guys ended the year with us we
1: love y'all we hope you enjoyed our reading voices we <laughs> hope you enjoyed our background music background music we hope you enjoyed our smell even though that's weird and you know we hope you have a wonderful christmas
0: hey this is the this is officially yeah, 6 months year. right I don't know oh maybe maybe yeah so we've been going for six months so thank you all so much for the past six months we love it we and love you. we look forward to 2022 oh my gosh and there's no telling what's going to happen because it's us we are planning but nothing set in stone mm-hmm. so just get ready for january and some more stories and some more bloodiness and enjoy your holiday
1: season with your family. Yes. And guess what? Cheers,
0: everybody. Cheers, cheers, take a cheers. Drink, take, take a drink. Take a drink. All right. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode or one of our other episodes to a bunch of your friends. We will see y'all in 2021. Two? 2022. Are you in this year? If not before. All right, never forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, y'all. <laughs> the classical music makes you very s- soft.